Welcome to the Blue Oasis Podcast. This is the podcast for finding peace and prosperity, learning the history of hobbies, as well as developing a little side hustle. If you want to find peace and prosperity in your life, this is your show. Get ready. You're listening to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rothstein. All right, let's get to the show. And one. Okay, and welcome back to the Blue Oasis Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rothstein. With me today is Brendan Kumarasamy. Yes. Oh, started there, but yes. How are you? Very good, Adam. Thanks for having me, man. How are you? All right. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Brendan. I'm the founder of Master Talk. Master Talk is a YouTube channel. I started around three years ago, Adam, to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. I think the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old girl who can't really afford a communication coach. So I create a lot of free videos, and I also have a coaching business for executives. And how I got started was when I was in university slash college, Adam, I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age were like playing basketball or something. I was doing presentations competitively. So as I got older, I started coaching students and I realized everything I was coaching them wasn't available for free on the internet. And that's how Master Talk started. Perfect. Wow. That's, that's very interesting. I was playing hockey in college, so I was not on the, um, doing anything like that. Um, uh, so what made you decide to start Master Talk, the YouTube channel? Yeah, so what happened, Adam, when is going back to the case competitions I was doing. Yeah. So I was 19 at the time when I started doing these things. And I started coaching when I was probably 19 and a half, 20. But it wasn't professionally or anything. I was just, it's kind of like when you're in a hockey team and somebody new joins the team. You don't pay, you don't charge them any money. You just help them to play hockey, right? So it's the same thing with me. I was just helping the new kids on the block doing really well at competitions. But the goal is never to do this full time. The goal is really to get a job in corporate America, like get an IBM or a Deloitte or a McKinsey or something. So I started doing these, this coaching and I had no idea what I was doing, but I was, there was no better option than me. So I kept helping them. And then when I landed my dream job in corporate, a couple of months before I started working there, the idea for Master Talk came because all of the students that I, co- I probably had coached like 50, 70 people at this point, Adam. But once again, it was all just for fun, right? And one of the students asked me the best question ever, which was very simple yet powerful. How did you learn how to speak? And I kind of looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, how did you learn how to speak? Did you have a coach? Did you do Toastmasters? And I didn't have a good answer because I, I, I was a broke student back then. I didn't have money for a coach. I didn't do Toastmasters, pretty much everything I did was self-taught. And then he said, well, do you like watch YouTube videos or books that you read? I said, no, I'm just a practitioner. He's like, really? You didn't watch any YouTube videos? And he planted that seed. And then I thought about for a few weeks and I was like, what else is out there? So I started watching YouTube videos on communication, stuff I didn't even know existed. And I was horrified by what I saw. All of the advice was terrible, super general, too academic. It wasn't from people who were actually getting results for people. And I just disagreed with so many things that they shared that I started my own YouTube channel. That's how it happened. Hey, if you don't, hey, if you don't like it, do it yourself sometimes. 
that's that's yeah. the key man but it was never meant to be this big project you know i made i started making videos in my mom's basement i'm still in my mom's basement even now i mean now the business is much more successful than when i started but you know like i was just making videos i never thought it was going to be anything good my money was coming from ibm right they were the ones cutting me a check every two weeks and giving me a job so i was just doing this for for fun it was just to help people but it accidentally turned to something i never could have imagined how old are you do you mind if i ask of course you could ask me. You can ask me anything, man. I told oh, okay, you that at the okay. of the show. Yeah, I started, I started coaching when I was 19. I started the YouTube channel when I was 22, and I'm currently 26. I'm 28. Okay, you are not the youngest. You might be the second youngest on this podcast, but um, I graduated college in 2016, so you graduated in 2018? That's correct, yeah, December oh. 2018. Oh. Um, uh, and you went in um, growing up high school um did you struggle at all did you at any point of your life with communication middle school high school 100 percent, mostly in the beginning so so i'll give you the three strikes that were against me out of number one i'm based in montreal so for those who don't know montreal in canada is a city where you need to know how to speak french so i didn't know the language so my parents sent me to french school because i needed to learn it which was a great decision by their part because I know it now. But my whole life, I was presenting in a language I didn't know. So when I was in first and second grade, I would look at the crowd and go, bonjour. So most of us are scared of presentations. I was scared and presenting something I didn't even understand. So that's the first problem. Second problem was I have a crooked left arm. So even today when I keynote, I have a, I have a crooked because of a surgery I had when I was two, three years old because of some uh, accident. But the point is, uh, I had a lot of social anxiety growing up because I had this massive cast when I was younger and I didn't know how to speak for it. So I couldn't make any friends either. So, so that's, that was the second strike. And then the third strike was you would think that a communication expert studied communication in college. No, I studied everything but that. I studied accounting. That's what my bachelor's degree is in. So, so yeah, I, did I struggle? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I had a bachelor's of economics and I minored in business yeah, yeah, we're we're totally alike. Um, I was on the spectrum, or no, I am on the spectrum still. Uh, I'm autistic, um, so yeah, this it never came easy uh, to me. Uh, any? Did you ever work with anyone that was on the spectrum at all? Yeah, a lot of people actually. Oddly enough. Uh, my business partner's son is autistic. He was actually one of my first clients. So that that were that were paying, and yeah, I think what I realized, autistic students are actually really easy to coach. Counter to, uh, counter to what most people would think, especially as they get older, because the because because the spectrum is mostly a lot of them are very functional as they grow up. You you can't even really tell exactly unless somebody says it. So how what I found, and I'm not an expert on this, but what I found with that specific group of people is they're generally very, very smart. It's just their communication skill doesn't reflect that. So for example, my business partner's son, he reads a book like every week. Like he just crushes books like crazy. And he's like 14. So when I was coaching them, all I had to do, which is what I would do for you if I was coaching you, is I would just say pause every time that you want to say um or ah. And I would just force it into the person and just do that for like three hours. And then it just goes away and your communication skills just skyrocket. It's pretty simple. I did see that video of just ignore the Aussie ums and the utterances. Um, Yeah. And there I go again. Uh, It's not, it's not easy. It's not because I'm, I'm talking like 40 minutes on this, or sometimes I'll leave this for 15 minutes and 
it can get overwhelming too. And and not uttering uh, that, um, and I, I mean, like, like it, it's it's hard. Like, it, like you have like even the good podcasters, like, like the top five or the top ten, like I always hear them utter. Uh, yeah, it, go on, uh, go on. No, I was just saying, I, I completely agree with you. The only way to really train this out quickly is you need someone to p- apply pressure. So, for example, what I did with, with my partner's son is every time he said ums and ah, he had to start all over again. That's it. He just started all over again from the beginning until he was perfect. So it, it took him a few hours, and then at some point, he just stopped saying them. So it, it's a muscle. You got to go to the gym. I used to say filler words all the time, by the way, Adam. When I was in uh, college slash university, I almost just said it, but it's like my reflex. It just turns off right away. And it took me a month because I didn't have a coach. So I was just, but you can do this on your own too. I just kept doing it. But my only focus is ums and ahs. Even if you say, even if you just say jibber, jabal, blah, 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 you just say random shit. But if you say, if you don't say the filler word, you still get the point. And that's really how you should practice it. Whereas most of us, we try to juggle all 18 balls at the same time. I got to smile. I got to look good. I got to get the right content and I got to not say filler words. That's not a great approach. Instead, you want to just say for my next presentation, even if I screw up everything else, as long as I say no filler words, that's considered a win for me. And that's how you're supposed to practice it. And it's how you train it out really quickly. I have narrated several audiobooks, and there have really? been. <laughs> yes. Uh, my top seller is Chess, the Game for Peace and Prosperity. I've sold 110 audiobooks of that. Uh, wow. Either it was either retail, uh, which I consider a part of the sales, and and then it was the standard sale. Someone actually bought it for the full price. And it was and it's only three dollars, but but even that short 40-minute audiobook, there were so many times I did odds and utterances and and us, when I stepped into the recording box, my closet, um, and and it was just like it was frustrating to deal with. It would be frustrating to deal with that to go back every time, but but I I always started over like it's one paragraph at a time, and and I do not overwhelm myself with that because I am going to do that as well um and and when i put my first audiobook out there on audible it was not not even that good too but i even did one for a client but that actually turned out great uh so yeah uh have you ever worked with an audiobook narrator that's a great question i don't think so yet actually i've i've uh i know a lot of them but i've never coached one directly because most of the people who do narration and audiobooks usually don't need my help. They're usually already great speakers. Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is sort of built in naturally, but I actually had to take what Dean Graziosi, if you know, if you're familiar with him, um, I had to take the underdog advantage and, you know, use my experience as a failure to thrive so so and it did i mean like uh what other 28 year old um and i'm 28 by the way uh has sold 110 audiobooks 
from going from nothing. It's true. Um, uh, continuing on with the narrators, um, you've never done anything either with voice actors, like nothing like a Peter Cullen type voice actor or anything of that. Not really, brother. I'll tell you why. It's it's because the market is too small. Like a, a lot of a lot of those people don't really invest in communication coaching. I would say most of my clients are executives, right? Those are the people who can either get their company to pay my rates, or they just make for like think of it. The the engineer at Amazon is making 150 200 grand minimum. So for them, dropping a few thousand for a coach like me is like chump change. So those people are generally my clients or entrepreneurs who have successful businesses, six figures and up, because that's when they, they, their business is working. They just need communication. It's like gasoline to the fire that blows up their business. And then the third one is the coach. Those are the people who usually invest in communication coaches. Nice, nice. Um, there are a lot. My mentor, Jason Stapleton, um, I've jumped. I've joined this nomad network and he just sends out, he will miss some grammar, some, he will miss uh, a spelling, spelling error, but, uh, or spell check, but, but he has worked on Grammarly. Any advice uh, when you are typing up emails or, or just or even making a YouTube video. Yeah, I can definitely speak on the YouTube video more than the email. I'm not really good at email because I'm a lot better at uh, verbal comms. But I would say for vi- for YouTube, a couple of thoughts. Number one, you just got to start. You know, that's why I applaud you for starting your podcast, Adam, because that's the first step. It's just doing it. Most people don't even do it. And And what I always like to say, actually, I got this from somebody else, Jeremy Coward. He says... The more you execute, the more you fail, the more you fail, the more you don't care, the more you don't care, the more you execute. That's what's super fun about his approach is like the more you do it, the more you don't care anymore, which is great because you don't worry about the hate or the failure and all that stuff. So you get better. So my first YouTube videos, and you don't have to take my word for it. Go watch them. They suck. They were garbage, right? I just, I'm I'm on a couch and I'm just going, hey, uh, welcome to Master Talk. And that's the first piece is just getting started. Number two Ideally, you want to write out your script for YouTube. And the reason is really simple. If you speak on video and you don't have a script, you don't have to read off the script, but just structure them ahead of time. You're just going to go all over the place with your presentation and no one's going to follow your video. Whereas you'll notice if you've watched a few of my videos, it's like deck, deck, deck. It's like very direct. It's very like one leads to the next point, which leads to the next point. So the retention is high because people can follow along. That's the second piece. And then the third piece is uh, don't count the first year. So that means you shouldn't even judge whether you're good or not until you've done at least 100 videos. That's my perspective. So that's my advice. I have done over 300 videos, but I only have 154 subscribers too. But that, I think it's counting what I actually stored in there because I have a lot of unlisted videos as well. But uh, I'm always glad that I just executed and kept going. I do a lot of instructional in, instructional videos of how to narrate or how to put an audio book cover together with Canva 
Um, definitely, uh, there, there I go again. It, it definitely has helped me uh, in my job, just doing the research and just being there. And it is like a muscle, like you said, because when you work it, you know, you only get better. Um, I mean, I played hockey. I'm there every day at practice and, uh, and just trained every day. And, and, and I could keep up with every one every day. And then there were always some off days, which you're going to have. Um, uh, how did you have those off days or those days where, or even months rather, where you, where you came up dry in sales? With the business? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did like, did you ever have those dry months or how did you navigate those months where you weren't making as much in sales? hundred percent, man. So let me give you some pieces of advice. Let me start with this. I don't think most people should be entrepreneurs. I think entrepreneurship is a really stupid idea for most people. I'll tell you why, because it requires a quality that most people don't possess or are willing to possess, which is the willingness to change the willingness to change. Most human beings generally like to stay the same. They don't like to shift their thought process. Whereas the problem is in entrepreneurship, you need to change your mind all the time. You need to always consider new facts, new data points, new ways of doing things. So you can gain an edge over your competition, whatever it is that you're doing. So that would be my first piece. The other piece is when we think about entrepreneurship, there's a couple of things I did before I quit my corporate job, because I'm not the type of story who just jumped ship and said, yeah, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to save the world. Like that definitely wasn't me. I was the only breadwinner in my family. And I still was until like probably two months ago. Right. So I, I took a lot of risk leaving my six figure corporate job. I wasn't like working at like a coffee shop. Like I had a really pretty good job. I really took people there. Luckily they became my clients. So that was like a save, but you know, at the time they, that was my job. Like I was doing really well financially. So cutting my, my salary was a really difficult decision. So how did I do this? Number one, I already had sales. So I had replaced 50% of my income before I even considered quitting my job. So I already had people rolling in because executives talk, right? In coaching, it's, a, it's an easy business if you're good at what you do, Adam, because like at the end of the day, if you charge a few thousand for package and you want to make a hundred grand a year, you pretty much just need 30, 40 people to say yes to you every year. And then there's year long packages. So in reality, you just need 20, not like 20 million, not 20, that, like you just need 20, literally, you need to fill up a classroom and that's it. And you have a full-time living. But if you're really good at what you do, those 20 just introduce you to 20 other people, right? So you're just, you're, you're good. So you have to understand the business you're in. So for me, I'd replaced half of my, my, my base before I left. Number two, I had a nine month emergency fund. Nine month emergency fund. I was taking very little risk. I, I still live in my mother's basement, by the way. And the reason is because I want that extra 10, 15 G so I can leverage it and do other things with my brand and things. But at the time, it was really to keep my costs low. I, I worked, I stayed in my basement while I was working at IBM for two and a half years. So most of that six figure paycheck, I put in my pocket. I wasn't buying a BMWs or stupid shit. Like I was really keeping it down, those investing in different stocks and stuff like that to make sure I had a strong financial position when I quit. That's the second piece. The third piece is I had a very clear plan, 
before quitting corporate. So I had replaced half. So I knew because I was working 70 hours a week at IP. I was pretty intense. So I knew that when I was going to quit my job and I had all those 70 hours back, I knew exactly what to do at that time to replace all of it, which took me around three to six months to replace all of my income. And now I'm good. But yeah, there were definitely moments where I ran, I, I couldn't get sales for like a month or two, not anymore, but back then when my YouTube channel was smaller, I had less reach, less people knew me. So what did I do? I just, I just ate off my emergency fund. I had a nine month fund. <laughs> That's the short answer. Nine but you got to prepare for the worst. Yeah. A nine month emergency fund. Dave Ramsey says three to six. Um, and I would just say that like, like that is incredible too. Um, I don't know the conversion rate of U.S. dollars to Canadian dollars, especially now, um, but uh, like an estimate, um, what would you, what would you give, what would you say to those that um, are just regular nine to fivers as well? Would you recommend they also have a nine month emergency fund as well? Oh, no, no, no. I, I wouldn't say that because um, for because that's different. I think Dave is really talking to having an emergency fund for your family, but he doesn't mean it in the context of jumping ship and being an entrepreneur, I don't believe, based on what, what I've listened to Dave's work. That's more about like if you lose your job all of a sudden or something, you need time to find another job. That's that's the context that I understood from him. Maybe you have a different point of view on that. Yeah. But for for entrepreneurship, so, so a couple of things. Let's start with the advice. I would say the biggest thing is what I find a lot of people don't do, Adam, is they don't prioritize the life that they actually want. They prioritize what other people want them to do. And I feel obviously there's exceptions to the rule. Like, for example, the single mother of seven kids. Look, OK, that's fine. I get it. But I'd say for most people. There's definitely an ability for us because the average income in the U.S. is 50,000, right? Yeah. 50 grand, if you really play it correctly, you can make you can you can be in a situation where you can save at least 10% of the income minimum. I'll tell you exactly how you co-live. It's just most people aren't willing to do that. Like the reason why I'm wealthy is nothing to do with my annual income. I'm still growing the business. I'm not making a million bucks a year, but it's because it's my income plus my sister's income plus my mother's income, we all live in the same house. And that's, I mean, that's disgusting. I mean, if you add up all of our incomes. So let's just assume as an example that we all made average. Like we're talking average, not like a hundred grand each. Uh, I, I do more, but let's say it's 50. Let's say I make 50, my sister makes 50, my mom makes 150 grand a year. And, and we live off 50 as a family. So imagine how much excess cash that gives us. It's just most people, they want independence. They want freedom. Whereas me, my priority in life was not a BMW. It was doing something important with my time because time is more important than money. So I wanted my 20s back because I knew I couldn't buy back my 20s. Even if I became a multimillionaire, I can't use $10 million and go back to right now in this moment. You don't get your 20s back. So I said, that is way more valuable. So I made decisions. Uh, let me list off a couple of things. I don't own a pet because they're too expensive and they, their time suck. Uh, what else? Most of the time we eat at home. I don't really drive my car. We have a car. It's not super expensive. I paid 10 grand cash for it. It's like a 2013 Camry, which sounds new, but not really because we hadn't bought a car in like 20 years. So like we're super frugal. And I feel a lot of people, if you don't know how to manage your money, you have a ton of debt. There's no way you can win in business, in my opinion. 
because in business, you need to understand your numbers because you're doing your own accounting. So you have to understand how your money works and how to stay profitable and margins and all that stuff. So yeah, bottom line, what's my advice? Try a side hustle, have a six month emergency. I agree. Put the rest in index funds. And the last piece of advice is if you can't do your side hustle part-time, forget about doing it full-time. That's the advice that's true for most people, to be honest. I have uh, started a side hustle. In fact, multiple side hustles. I got this podcast. I've sold audiobooks, sold books, even, uh, and I've had some clients that I've narrated for uh, as well. So I think I, and my mentor, Jason Stapleton, which uh, I really recommend you join the Nomad Network as well. Um, and I'll send you that link. When he he noticed that there are definitely people that actually want the nine to five, they want the consistency as well. Of course. But, but we're about to hit some very difficult financial times in Correct. the future. And he says, let's at least be prepared for that. Start with one, start with one side hustle and you work your way to 500 to a thousand dollars a month because an extra 12 grand in dollars, whether that's us Canadian is beneficial. It is life-changing because you can clean up your debt. Uh, in fact, I would, I, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to actually admit this because you're 26. I'm 28. Um, I'm still with my parents and I am too. It's but, not, it's not a problem. And, 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 and I don't think I ever told uh, anyone in the nomad network of that. And, but I'm paying them rent. I'm not, I'm not a freeloader. I will contribute as well. And, and, and I've saved so much too. And, and my sister who is going to be a nurse practitioner and just got engaged. It's like looking at this $40,000 wedding too, but, but we're two, two different people, but uh, continuing on with the side hustle, I think it, it is a wonderful experience. I get to do what I love. I get to narrate audiobooks about baseball, about chess, about everything. And I get to teach people with YouTube. I, I'm not at monetization level yet. I'm about 15% of the way there, 154 YouTube subscribers, let's go. Um, like, and it's those little wins that are going to, uh, you know, put you in the right direction. Um, uh, my first side hustle, uh, I actually just sold a lot of stuff to pay off some debt, but it taught me that, you know, there's a value to these little things too. Um, and I'm going to tie communications in here and say, um, how do you, have you ever sold any old items and, and what was the, what was the communication experience like when you just actually sold a physical item? If you, if you did that. Yeah. Unfortunately I haven't really sold a physical item. And most of the stuff I've sold is mostly like products around my business. Like I'm not an entrepreneur. Like I always like to say that even if I am a business owner, it's not like in my blood, like I'm not like Gary V who's like selling video lemonade and lemonade slam. And I always like to a couple of things that you mentioned that I want to touch on. The first one is, and I always say this publicly 
number one is if I if it wasn't for Mass Talk, I'd still be a W2 employee and I'd be happy to be one. Like I, I didn't have any other reason to be an entrepreneur. It's because I cared so much about the mission that I was doing that I said, yeah, I want my time back. So so I, I gave up the my six figure nine to five to do this. But if, I wouldn't have done it for anything else though. Not that I not that I would think of. That's the first piece. The second piece, and this is more advice for you, I think you should definitely be more vocal about the fact that you live at your parents because I think that's a great thing. And, and that's why I feel is very underrated. Like for me, I'm always going to say this on record because all my CEOs know this. It's not something that I hide from my, like my clients are like double my age. They're vice presidents at companies. They know I live with my mom. Like I don't hide this. Like it's not like I'm hiding under a rock and I could pretend to be some. No, they know and they're happily paying me the same rates as everyone else. Why? Because I deliver the value. Because it's not about whether my mom's upstairs or not. It's about are you getting more than what you paid for? So I I wish more of us would be more vocal. I already told my my mom and my sister flat out we're gonna live together for the next five years. Even if I get a girlfriend, we're gonna live together for the next five because we'll all become millionaires if we do this correctly. And we can buy our house in cash, right? Or in a way where there's no like struggle. And I'd rather, and, and I love those two people upstairs. So I think the key is like, I feel we need to just live the life that we want to live, right? In the same way that some people like taking vacations in the Bahamas with their extra paycheck, which is cool. I like spending it on ads. I like spending it on different things that grow my business. I like spending on video production. Right. So so it's all about making decisions that make us happy. And this is the saying that I always teach people that's called be insane or be the same. If you want to be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But the people who do crazy things with their life, who do super fascinating things are often crazy people. I mean, don't you find it odd that I started a YouTube channel, Adam, not on pranks or music or blogs, but on public speaking and executive communication tips? And then I went to coach CEOs for money, but I still live in my parents' basement. I can karaoke in eight different languages. I'm a bit scared to drive my own car. I love Justin Bieber. Spotify sent me a message the other day. I was in the 0.5% of top listeners on the platform for Justin Bieber. How does any of this make any sense? And that's the point, man. When every decision in your life makes sense to the only person that it should, which is you, you'll probably be successful. So yeah, be insane or be the same. It's all, it's a choice that we all get to make. The girlfriend situation. Um, I've come, I've come close. There were uh, definitely those moments in college, but, but, um, and it just didn't work out there. Um, now um, you would not, you would be willing to let your defenses down, so to speak, and just say, I live with my parents, but I'm doing it to save up all this money so I can eventually buy a house and live the life I want. You would say something like that. I would say that to anyone. Do you mean that in the context of women or just in general? Uh, I guess in in the context of women, because I was focusing on the dating scene and, 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 and typically, and, and maybe that is a bit of an issue because I n- never told anyone in the network this, um, and, and it is difficult to let your defenses down, um, sometimes and, and I'm making north of 50 grand. I'm, I'm right there. I'm doing everything right. I'm doing the Dave Ramsey thing. I'm investing 15% and everything. And, and my, my friend out in Arizona is like, dude, you're doing great. Like, 
like I'm working 80 hours a week. You're still at 40 and I would just kill for my time back. So yeah. Exactly. I I agree. I I think you're doing everything perfectly fine, Adam. I think the only thing I would say is it all depends what you're trying to optimize for women. And I'm not the number one expert in the world on this, but here's, here's what I will say. Cause I, I did say it was an open book and I meant that. And, and for me, it's all about, look, for me, it's, I want to have a family in my thirties. So what am I doing? Am I optimizing for multiple partners? No, I'm optimizing for one. And I know that. So for me, the perspective is super simple at the end of the day. And I don't know if I'm right, by the way, I could look back at this recording in 10 years and laugh at what I, what I'm saying right now. That's cool. That's a part of the game. Whereas, you know, I'll, I'll use Lewis Howes on this. Lewis Howes is another podcaster. He summarizes life into three key, the kind of the triangle of life, right? One side of the triangle is health. The other side of the triangle is money. And the third side of the triangle is relationships. So right? it's a trifecta of life. And what I've learned from Lewis is relationships is by far the hardest thing to optimize for because you, have, you can't control another person's actions, decisions, or way that they live their life. And... If you don't optimize your health and your wealth, the partner selection that you end up getting is really bad quality, and you'll still live a miserable life anyways. And this is why we see a lot of people getting divorces, a lot of people, you know, not being able to to sustain a healthy relationship because of that inability to optimize. Whereas if you do become healthier and you communicate better, uh, you know, you look better, you put on the right things, you make good money. But what happens is you start to find out more about yourself and it's a lot easier for you to go back into the marketplace. So it's kind of like two schools of thought here. The first school of thought is, you know, start young, start dating, figure out what you like, figure out what you don't like, and then find your truth. And then the second one is like, wait until that's kind of the Indian way of doing it. Wait until you've had success. But usually the Indians just get arranged marriages. So it's kind of like one side of the spectrum versus the other. So where do I fall in this spectrum? Because I want to give you a balanced perspective. My opinion is money is super easy to optimize and health is super easy to optimize relative to relationships because you can control money. You can control health and the outcome. At the end of the day, if I don't go on enough podcasts, I don't promote myself enough and I don't land the sales, it's my fault, not anyone else's, which is great because I love total ownership. But there's another side to that spectrum too, which is important because if you focus too much, especially when you start getting really successful, then you're using it as an excuse not to date, which is a problem that I have had a lot in my life where I always use my ambitions as an excuse not to talk to girls. So how does this play into me? For me, it's more like, okay, let's compromise. Let me get into a position where if I didn't need to work for three years, I could still be chill making $0. And when I get to that point, all I'm going to do is date. So that's my perspective on it. Fantastic. Wow. It's wow. I mean, it's definitely, I, I definitely think this was a great, I mean, this is a great episode and and it will be, um, man, it's just like, there's definitely a lot with communication and I'm only going to open myself up more. There are still some secrets that I don't think I'm ready to share there. Um, and, and maybe, and and there are definitely tough conversations that we all are going to have, but sometimes I guess it's for the best. Yeah, exactly. I encourage you to share everything. Like for me, my life has no secrets. People know about my, my ex alcoholic father who passed away. People know about everything in my life, but that's why I'm so free. 
because so many people have my life. Like, I think that's what you realize over time, regardless of what's happened in life is uh, you realize you're not the only person. And then when you figure out all that stuff, you don't care anymore. And by the way, when you get to that point, girls start to like you a lot more. Trust me. <laughs> Thanks. Um, oh, what, what was that song? It, it was not a Vici, but, um, oh, Alan Walker, that, that song called I'm Not Alone or Not Alone. Uh, I don't yeah, know. But yeah, yeah like, like that should be my theme song at this point. That should be everyone's theme song at this point. Yeah, man. The, the quicker you get to a place where you don't give a shit anymore, the better you can enjoy life. I just got to that place super early in life, so now I'm super happy. And you're close. You're pretty close yourself. So just go all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah, just, just keep chugging. I have a goal to sell over 2 million audiobooks not necessarily one title, but um, it it's probably going to be multiple titles. But I'm grateful for Find Away Voices, and and the one thing, communication thing, is that the internet has that has helped everyone. It's I like I wouldn't have known that you existed had we had this thing invented by Al Gore not ever appeared and. And it and it's only been a t- and it's mostly been a tool for peace and prosperity. Yes, there have been hackers and everything, but but if there's anything we should do is that we should use this for peace and prosperity. We should not aggress against others at all. And and uh, to finish this off, we always, you know. We always have to be open to change, and I don't care if you want to be an entrepreneur or not. You, because, they, like, I know so many high school high school classmates of mine that have like just been on the same track, and it's like they do not deviate. Like, I'm probably the one person that is so different from them. I have, and it's allowed me to meet Alex Ovechkin. At yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. I got to skate with him. I got to make a great pass to him. Uh, and and I'm glad I got to meet one of my heroes as well. And But the first time I was 10 years old, uh, I don't know. Um, do you watch the MLB at all? Uh, baseball? Yeah. I tried once, but we fell asleep. So oh, really... oh, okay. Um uh, I, I'm a huge Orioles fan. I grew up in Maryland and graduated from college in Towson. Uh, it, it's a school eight miles outside of Baltimore. The uh, the shortstop Miguel Tejada was the Orioles star in 2004. And in, and in 2004, like, like I, I'm on the first base side or, or something. I think it's the first base side. And then like, then I told my dad, I'm going to go there and get him to sign this baseball. And he did. And I still own it to this day. And, and you have, and, and I think you'd agree, you know, you have to be different. Like I could have just sat back and watched the game, but I wanted that, that signed baseball. And, And even though it turned out that he was roiding, um, allegedly writing I, I i'm not getting sued on this by yes uh but good. i don't but even I, know what that means oh uh, oh uh, 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 writing he he was uh as in like he 
supposedly was doing steroids as oh. well. And and uh, there was like the whole 2000s uh, scandal uh, with steroids. Uh, but allegedly he did it um, because when he got to Baltimore from Oakland, he was uh, not the same. So it's uh, just kind of interesting how he was doing that. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying he did it. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying this stats just didn't line up, but um, oh, I, I, I definitely, I didn't even know I'd be talking about baseball tonight. One of my favorite subjects. Um, yeah. Any, any questions for me at all? Uh, I would say, what's a goal that you want to share that you haven't talked about publicly yet? Well, aside from the 2 million audio books, um, a thousand YouTube subscribers, maybe there was, I think it would be to own my, well, first of all, own my own home and, uh, and not necessarily the most rural area, but um, closer to the suburbs, but not too close to the suburbs, like, but some place where I could get to the city and be in, away from enough people because I do not like lawnmowers waking me up at like six in the morning here. It's, it's just a weird thing we get, we have here. And uh, currently I'm in the great state of uh, Florida um it, i don't know if it, it's summer it, it's essentially summer here with like a heat index of like 85 percent or something every day or like 90 percent. it's crazy <laughs> that's awesome man i love that the, the other question you don't want so you don't have to answer it is what's the secret that you haven't shared that you want to share <laughs> but you don't have to answer that. Oh, okay all right what's secret what's secret well i I already told you I live uh, with my parents. I uh, no, there's other secrets. There's other <laughs> secrets. Um, other secrets. You're the one who prompted it. <laughs> there, Jesus, Jesus, always. All right. Um, what's I mean, the secret that you're afraid to share, Adam? That you never shared on the podcast. That's I don't think there you. was like. Okay, there was no long-term girlfriend in my life. There, I said it. Who cares? I've never dated yeah, yeah. anyone in my life. I what? I've never Wait, dated anyone in my life. You never, I was date. Okay. I have to tell never. you this. I was dating this girl in college, like gorgeous brunette, Eastern European. Um, she was, she was, uh, her mother was from the Czech Republic that I know. Um, we went on three dates. I even took her to my hockey banquet and it just didn't work out. And I'm like, and then one of my friends started dating her and I'm like, dude, what the heck? So, <laughs> so that, like, I never, I never shared it this on the podcast before. Uh, I am, Hey, I'm grateful that you have helped me open up because I, I was, I never even expected that. And, and, and this is probably why you're an excellent entrepreneur and, and I do consider you to be an entrepreneur is that you get your clients comfortable. You get them to open up. I couldn't even open up with one of my close friends about this on the network. Um, And, and you're right. Who does care? It's, I mean, I've done more than most 28 year olds in the country right now. And, and I've met, and I've met my heroes too. I met two of my heroes. I have not met, um, I've not met 
Uh, Barack Obama. What? <laughs> I, I mean, they, 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 I've not met who? I'm sorry. That's the Barack Obama. This is something Um No, no, no. Um, he is, uh, I, I, it's just, okay. Um, I, I don't, I don't get into politics on this and I just, and, and I'm not, and, and he's just not my hero. Let's just put it like, let's just put it like that there. I, because I, I do want to keep this. It's just, I do not like to talk politics because it tends to divide people, but um, there was, uh, I mean, like the, there are so many good, good players right now. Like I could, I'd love to meet Ricky Henderson one day. I'd love to meet David Wells what is that uh, baseball? Yeah, 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 baseball. And and uh and and please tell me you know who Ken Griffey Jr. is. I don't know any of the people you just mentioned. I, so you don't okay. I, I, I can I, they could I, be in the same bus as me. I wouldn't I'd just be like, oh, where's the okay. subway? Um <laughs> all right. I mean baseball and communication go together because you know you have all these hand signals and everything and and um I guess one more question is uh, you never did you ever work with anyone who did sign language that's a great question man it got brought up to me last week somebody asking that question the answer is no because i don't know how to teach that yet but it's something i'm thinking about in the back of my mind because i found out last week that 10 percent of the human population is actually somewhat death which is like super fascinating somebody told i don't know if it's true or not but i don't think i'm ready to coach that yet because I, I think there's other ways to expand what I do. But uh, it's definitely in the back of my mind. It's something I want to work on probably in 10, 15 years. Absolutely. Because, well, baseball uses a lot of hand signals. They got guys grabbing the belt. They got doing doing this thing. And, and, and then you bunt like that, like bunt, like, like, and, and all that stuff. It, it relies a lot on hand signals. Uh, and um, there's a YouTube channel by the name of Stark Raving Sports. They are baseball fanatics over there. Uh, they have this Ricky Henderson documentary of 90 minutes. He is um, considered to be one of the best, if like in the top five greatest baseball players of all time, considered by Ken Griffey Jr. But, but, like, but these are American icons probably of the closest modern day age. They are the Mickey Mantles, the Joe DiMaggio's, and you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, some people are heroes to others that like nobody, like I get an example, like I'm a massive UFC fan, right? That's the only sport I watch. Oh. And, and there's a lot of fighters that I would consider royalty that you'd be like, I don't know who these people are. And that's just the thing. No, no one's famous enough that everybody goes like, wow, I really want to meet this person. Yeah. I mean, in, unless your name is Taylor Swift, of course. Even Taylor, I'm sure. I don't think my mom knows who Taylor Swift is. I don't think she knows what that is. Wow. Or, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I get Justin Bieber because he was born in Toronto, I believe, or Something Montreal. Like that, yeah. Yeah. No, closer to Toronto, unfortunately. I, yeah. Um, the it. I mean, like, yeah, and then, um. And you actually had Vlad Guerrero for a little while and Pedro Martinez, but you don't know who these 
and Gary Carter, but you don't know who they are. They were the footballers, the the uh, ba- basketball players. They, they, they were they, no, no, they were Montreal Expo players. I um, know what that is, but I don't know the players. Uh, but yeah, but they're Vlad Guerrero, Gary Carter, Pedro, um, even even Curtis Pride. Who, um, speaking of people who are deaf, he was deaf, but he was arguably one of the best athletes. Um, ever essentially and despite being deaf and when he hit a nuke at yankee stadium i think like you know that was probably his most defining moment as well um but yeah like geez i, I just love talking baseball um yeah i'm okay. the wrong person to talk baseball with it's just i'm like... sorry i'm sorry but, but, but... <laughs> you would love my best friend though he loves baseball i don't know why but he's at baseball practice right now as we're talking oh wow okay all right. Um, okay, I have to uh, shout you out. Uh, your YouTube channel is Master Talks. Please send me a link for that uh, through Podmatch and or my email, uh, my Gmail. Um, uh, check out Chess: The Game for Peace and Prosperity on available on all major audiobook platforms, and you can subscribe to yours truly, Adam Rothstein, and check out audiobooks and. And um, you're cool if I uh, clip out something and uh, and just use this for you know you know like five minutes of this and put it on. Oh like yeah, a... yeah, yeah, yeah. You could use all of this for whatever you want to use it for. Norris. Oh, oh, of course, dude. Thanks. Okay. Um. Oh, and uh, please check out the Nomad Network if you want to start your side hustle. Please go there and and even if you don't know. Uh, we have Wednesday night meetings at um, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 5 p.m. Pacific Time and if you're out in California. And uh, if you're anywhere else in the world, I do not know the time zones. But um, that'll do it for this episode. Um, until the next one, stay safe, stay great, and I'll talk to you all then.